We are in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, and this is one of our uh, one of our back-to-back studies that keep continuity. We don't lose, we're not missing a section, and uh, sometimes, you know, in a study like this, texts, we skip chunks of passages because sometimes the book is very large, and and yet, in this section, we're, we're coming right off the heels of Hebrews 5, uh, 1 to 11, our study from last week. And as you, you think about the connection, and just by way of review, uh, Hebrews is reminding us, because it is a call to Hebrew Christians, that we're... Um, Facing some pressures, whether it was internal, with their own theology, with their own sense of uh, their understanding of God, um, whether or not they made the right choice, or whether there be pressures from the community um, and and their traditions of their past, how they were connected to the temple. Now, all of a sudden, uh, they're living in a new world where the temple is no longer the, the central focus, but the true temple, the, the temple in heaven, the true priesthood, the priesthood of Jesus. The true sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus, is now the at the forefront uh, and the centerpiece of the their understanding of how they're forgiven. Remember the Jews; they they required and they had the daily sensibility that there was daily sacrifices made for their sins. There was a daily set of of offerings and connection to the temple that uh, they did to stay ceremonially pure. And now all of that is essentially dissolved. It wouldn't be the first time that they lived this way. Um, the Jews had to make do living in captivity in Babylon, in Persia. And they had to, again, make do when they lived away from the temple. Uh, so many of the Jews that lived outside of Jerusalem, outside of even Judea, and what we might call the, the Holy Land, uh, who were scattered abroad throughout the Greco-Roman world, they had to also learn to live apart from that system. But now, in a, in a stronger sense, they had to learn to live without that even being part of um, maybe their their faith or their maybe even their concerns. Uh, the Christian faith is reminding them, uh, the apostles' teaching is reminding them that in Jesus, all of this has been fulfilled, and now they can have confidence that they can draw closer to God through Jesus Christ than perhaps they ever thought they could or would be. Um, but now, as uh, we have a reminder that Jesus is the high priest and that he has offered up a better sacrifice and he has understanding of human weakness and can therefore have a compassion for us, the Hebrews writer <clears throat> now transitions. This seems to be a transition section in the book of Hebrews. And we're going to read this text out loud. Um, and I have uh, my PowerPoint for, for those on Zoom. And we'll get to that just right now. So Hebrews chapter 5, 12 to 6, 12 is, is, a, is, a, is a good size read, but we read together in good. We'll read together in good speed. It should all work out very well for us. If you're following online on Facebook, uh, you can open your Bibles to Hebrews five, verse twelve, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, 
and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. For the earth, which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it, and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated, receives blessings from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So, Again, we're, we're looking at this transition text and we're looking at this transition text where he is now moving on from what makes the covenant that we, we call Christianity, uh, what we call the, you know, the movement of Jesus. Being disciples of Jesus, what does that all mean now? Well, he reminds them how Christ is better than the angels, Christ is better than Moses, Christ is better than the law, etc., all of these things. And now he is now moving to invite these Christians, these Jewish Christians, to not just know this, but to remind them that they should have been progressing further on in their faith and in their knowledge. Uh, he is reminding them that there is movement to be to be uh, to be done. Sometimes we're very comfortable with what we know. Sometimes we're very comfortable and we don't wish to learn more. We don't seem to want to grow more or extend. Uh, we're very we get easily, uh, you know, comfortable, relaxed when we feel we've gotten it. And that does not inspire greater faith. That does not inspire greater trust. That does not embrace the fact that there is a greater hope that we're all supposed to be walking toward, that we're all supposed to be anticipating. So in this book, while it is written to Christian, Hebrew Christians that are 
apparently moving backward toward the old law, it is a really applicable book for Christians of every generation because it reminds us that we can easily get complacent and not continue to grow. It, it is part of the problem sometimes when we become pew warmers instead of you know, world servers or people who take on the call of the gospel and live it out in your everyday life. Uh, where perhaps we've maybe taken in the the auditorium point of view of of the faith, where sitting in a pew is what we've created, or what we've by maybe by accident, maybe it's just a a, a um, one of those permutations that create the sense that if I come to church, then I'm doing the right thing. I'd argue you're doing the right thing. I'd argue that sitting in these Bible classes and, and listening to even the lesson later on today is a good thing. You, it is part of Christian growth. But do not confuse that passive part of the faith as growth. There's also personal involvement, investment, commitment. And this is the part that is very applicable to all of us. And this is the part that the Hebrews writer is definitely getting at. And from this point of view, we're going to be looking at, at those issues. So, oops, all right. So I almost closed the Zoom meeting by accident. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, what we're going to look at is the, real, real, the reality that apostasy is a real deal, a real problem. Now, what is apostasy? Uh, and it is the idea that uh, you are departing or leaving or have left something. You have gone away from it. Apostasy is a biblical term that is connected to what is something called falling away. In fact, the term is used here about actually falling away in verse 6. And it is connected to the idea of apostasy. In the Old Testament, the Greek word that is used there is often used when Israel lose faith in God. They become unfaithful, not in the sense that they don't have faith in him, but their acts are not connected to that, that relationship, that intimacy with God. And so they become faithless by decision and choice. So apostasy is not the idea that you struggle Struggling is still conflict to be better. Apostasy is the actual movement away, the active rejection and departure from the faith. And too many times we've confused the two. Uh, people struggling with better choices, people struggling with moral choices, uh, you know, their habits aren't lining up with being a member of the body of Christ. You know, those struggles are not within themselves apostasy left unchecked and left unchallenged they can encourage complacency and apostasy but they're not the same thing so this section really does remind us that we have to persevere uh, the other thing is that spiritual growth is is a progress we have to be invested uh, so many of us who have had jobs or are working know what it's like when trainings come up, 
We may not always like them. We may not always feel like we need them. And yet when we go through them, on the other side, we actually come out a bit grateful for the new knowledge. And all of a sudden we start using it and it helps us and it helps our job place. And we were able to progress at work. Well, the same is true at church. The same is true in, in, in the faith where spiritual growth is a process. It is a, a lo- we have to take the long view of spiritual growth, which is I'm on a journey and that this journey requires me to go through some obstacles. Sometimes the obstacles are outside of me. Sometimes the obstacles are within me. But nonetheless, I have to be moving. I have to be, I have to walk forward, not backwards, seeking the hope that is, that I have with God to be with him when all this is over. Um, so spiritual growth is, is, is a process that we have to be invested in. Otherwise, we will become lazy and complacent. So let's let's take that to heart. Uh, another thing that we're going to be looking at is, and we're going to break our, our lesson out into three points, and this is based off our lesson book, uh, but the three components of spiritual growth, uh, at least in principle, that is found in, the, in this section here is that knowledge is important. We have to develop our knowledge and our faith. Uh, faith is not just about knowledge, but it is a, a part of it. And we need to remember that... Um, besides knowledge, we have to develop spiritual discernment. So knowledge has a reason in application, a very practical sense. Knowledge helps us become wise enough or insightful enough to know the difference between what's wrong, and what's good, what what is right and what is wrong. And we have insight from God to keep informing us. And then finally, we're going to be looking at the sense that we have to persevere to uh, accept and gain the hope that God has given us. So, let's see. All right, so there is a need for teaching. Verse 12 to 14, and I'll have this on the screen for a little bit. But if you're looking at Hebrews chapter 5, as that chapter concludes, uh, those last uh, three verses, verse 12 to 14, there are a rather large chunk of, of ideas. And really, if you follow the flow of what the Hebrews writer is telling these Christians, he is showing them that uh, the whole idea that he has to talk to them right now here is actually uh, unfortunate because there should have been enough time for these Christians to have become teachers and be able to speak the teachings of God, articulate the Christian message, but in fact, they're not able. They're actually dazed and confused. They're, you know, misguided and undecided. And Paul has to, not Paul, I always think about Paul, but we have no proof it was written by Paul. Um, But but they have to decide here. They never seem to decide 
that they had to keep moving, keep learning, keep digging into what is it that I'm I'm doing now? What does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does that mean to my relationship to God? What does that mean to my relationship to to my brothers and sisters now in Christ? What about Israel? What about all these things? And what what is my place and role here? They seem to have never moved on. And this becomes a massive problem. A very massive problem. Instead, instead of people who take on food, um, solid food, like a mature person, like a growing child and a growing a young adult, they he he uses the imagery of milk. How they need milk. And he goes on to to further as if they needed any explanation of what milk is for. Um he goes on and says, milk is for the, is the unskilled in the word. Milk is for people who, who don't really know how the Bible is, is meaningful for them. Here they are listening to the Bible. Here they are listening to sermons. Here they are in the group of the body of Christ. And they've been here long enough. And they're still sort of just confused of what's going on. You know, it's it's one thing to to not know what the Bible's about, right? It's one thing to say, I didn't grow up reading the Bible. It's it's another thing altogether to say, I grew up around Bible reading people. I grew up in a Bible reading church. I grew up in an environment where scripture was talked about, and yet I don't know what's going on. I can't tell you what's happening. And I need someone all the time to keep telling me what's happening. You know, the problem here is is very, you know, 21st century. Sometimes in the teaching ministry of the church, we've created members that need to be spoon-fed every week the teaching of scripture. And they never seem to grow. And perhaps it's because we haven't created the right environment for discipleship and learning. Where we take reading scripture seriously. Where we take understanding the work of God seriously. And I don't mean to to browbeat or anything like that, but, but the tension is real here. And, and, when we can't explain, though we've been in the church for years, what to do to be saved, why we worship God, why we love Jesus, when we can't do that, we are still stuck on milk. And when you consider the metaphor of a child going from milk to solid food, Think about then your need for teaching and your need for deeper understanding as you understand simpler things. You need to get into the word more richly. And that becomes a problem. That's every generation's problem. It's not just our problem, but it is a problem nonetheless. And so when you think about then this passage, 
and this section of, of our study, it, at the core of it, you need conviction in what you believe. And that conviction in what you believe will be preventative for apostasy. It will prevent, it will do a lot to keep you focused and on task and, and on target. Conviction in what you believe. But you you won't have conviction in what you believe if you don't know what you believe. That's what this is telling us. So as Christians, we need to be more scripture-based than tradition-based. We need to be more about, here's what I'm reading in the Word, than this is what my preacher told me. And that is a very important point here. We need to all be diligent with our knowledge of, of God. And you only get that through Scripture. Um, there are several ways that people have developed to understand Scripture. Um, there is a old method called Lectio Divina. And all that, that's just a fancy way of saying divine a divine reading, you know, uh, devotional, probably more along that side. And it has to do with reading scripture. It has to do with reading scripture and reading a portion of scripture, spending your day praying through it, meditating on it, not coming to easy conclusions, but you have the superficial reading, you pray through those things, and then maybe down the road, you begin to find some connections and develop some personal applications. It's purposeful. And so that, that might be a way to help. Now, when it comes to also being stagnant here, he, when he tells them in this section, verses 12, uh, he reminds them that they need to be taught again the, the first principles um, this this phrase of first principles is more akin to the ABCs of the faith. Um, you know, today what we might think of the ABCs of the faith could potentially be a little different than what they would have thought. Um, I'm not here to challenge what they would have thought or what we think, but but the ABCs is essentially the metaphor for a beginner. You know, the the... Sesame Street level of Christianity, you know, the, the, the sort of, uh, you know, PBS version of Christianity for kids, you know, like, why are we still back there for some of us? We need to be moving on. We need to become developers and teachers and encouragers and, and people who help mentor other people. And, and this is the problem. They're stagnant. And because of that, there is a reason why they're, they're drifting. There, there is a reason why they are struggling. Because, because they're not convicted and because they're not matured in their faith and in their knowledge, they do not have the insight to distinguish between what is good and what is evil. They cannot evaluate properly problems from a spiritual point of view. Now, aren't you seeing this right now on Facebook? I'm seeing this all the time now. Now that we're now that, that we're online 
And uh, now that we're online and we're, we're sort of seeing the, the heart of, of some of our Christian friends and neighbors and, and they're struggling with this new environment, um, they can't tell what is evil and what is not. Uh, and I'm not here to call people out if you have issues about, you know, not meeting, or, you know, at the building or whatever it is. But I think some of the things we're arguing about at times uh, demonstrate a lack of discernment of what's really important. You know, what's really important right now is loving our neighbor. And what does that look like? Stay in shelter. What does it look like? Don't just buy every possible thing on the shelf. If you have some, maybe someone else needs it. Hoarding is not very helpful. You know, uh, these are just actually just a few things off the top of my head, but but there you can tell when someone is thinking traditionally versus scripturally. Materially versus spiritual, you can tell when you hear them talking about things. So, so the first part here is really to remind us that that teaching is very important because it eventually gives us the the capacity to make better choices as spiritually minded people. Our choices become reflections of our values, and our values are because we know what we believe. All right. So the next part is is this uh, verses one to six of Hebrews uh, chapter six. And this idea of the need to move forward is also very important. So um, I have the text on the screen again, Hebrews six, one to eight. If you want to look at it while I'm talking about the text here, I want you to notice something here. Um, the writer here, God's inspired writer, is really trying to get, again, them to understand and us through them to understand that there are important foundational elements of our faith. And it's good to deal and address these foundations. But the problem is when we stay so long on the fundamentals and we never grow deeper, guess what? Our faith becomes shallow. Our faith becomes very shallow. You know, it's kind of like um, sometimes we're so strong on on some of our core, you know, beliefs that that uh, sort of you know the distinguishing marks of the church, uh, the the five acts of worship, or whatever that is, you know, common talking points among us that we forget some pretty important biblical ideas like justice and kindness and mercy. When Jesus said in Matthew 23 that the Pharisees were very concerned about tithing their, you know, their even down to the little garden and plants, you know, you tithe anise and cumin and, and all this other stuff and mint. And these things you ought to have done and not to have left the other things undone, and which were, what were they? Justice, kindness, mercy. So at times, we get so bogged down in the identifying marks, the distinguishing characteristics of who we are, that we forget how to be us. And that seems to be a, a similar problem here in the Hebrews letter. 
that they're so caught up with these foundational things, these ABCs, that they're not moving on to understand fuller, deeper understanding of their faith and, and what that means for them. And, and when you see this list of what's fundamental, like we're not going to go again and talk about repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. Like those were foundational issues. Those are the ABCs according to the Hebrews writer. And for some of us today, those are like the meat subjects. You know, their milk is still our meat. And what does that tell us about what we're doing in our teaching programs? What are we doing in our studying program? Are we so busy with work and life that we are so detached to what knowing God really amounts to? Because if you believe in God, then by definition, you're, you're already wrestling with repentance from dead works and faith toward God. If you believe in Jesus, then of course you're already dealing with and understanding the issues of baptism or the issue of the resurrection. If, if you are already working in the life and, and body of, of Christ, you're already, already wrestling with or at least anticipating in the first century issues of laying on of hands, which could have had the dual purpose of commissioning you for, for church work or giving you, you know, miraculous powers. But today, we get, we get sometimes our X's and O's crossed and we, we mess up. We lose sight of what's important. And he said it's because of this, because of this lack of moving forward, people have started to drift and fall away. Earlier in chapter 3, he talked about be careful that we drift away. Now here again, he reminds us that those that, have, that actually have fallen away, um, and this is a, a, a idea of completeness, um, the action is complete. I don't want to get into the technical nature of the language here, but it's, it's a very simple concept. It's, it's this overall idea that those that have fallen away, verse 6, if they fall away, um, it's viewed as a single act. So most likely it's a completed act. For those that have completely, truly rejected being a follower of Jesus, he says at this point, there's no chance in renewing them. And again, let me go back. This is not talking about uh, just a, a struggle in the faith. He is not talking about simply having, you know, spiritual struggles. This is a decision to just leave. And as a consequence of not moving forward, they had no ground, they had no meat, they had no development. They couldn't discern the difference between what they're doing and where they're going. And so they're gone. And as a result, the language is really strong. They have crucified again. They have put Jesus on the cross again. And um, they shame him again. It's as if they were back when Jesus was crucified and they, they were complicit 
with the crucifixion. This is not, again, talking about people who are struggling. This is about people who have defected. And that might seem like strong language for some people. And again, it is. But when the, the Christian worldview is not a pluralistic worldview, it is one of strong conviction. Um, it's really important to understand what leaving means. It means that Jesus has no longer any value and he died for nothing because the impact of his act on the cross and his shame no longer has value for the person leaving. And so this metaphor of, of uh, rain and, and the garden growing um, later in the verse really speaks to this issue of, of how Christians either let the rain into their, their heart or their, their earth and let things grow. They accept the blessings from God or they're much like those that create weeds. And what do you do with weeds? You put weed killer on them. On the ancient world, you, you, you yanked them out and you burned them. And so this idea that, that moving forward is, is important is not just a, you know, a, a, a good tip. You know, here's a suggestion of good spiritual growth. Moving forward and growing beyond the ABCs of the faith is vital to your perspective and keeps you growing and more committed. This is why we teach. This is why we have Bible class like this. This is why we keep doing this even though we're not meeting in person. Because being a part of a learning community as we're all trying to learn something, you know, it, it, it is a spark that keeps us going. And, and so we need to think about that as we, we continue to try to grow. So as we move to the last section here, and hopefully in just a moment, um, make sure we, we're still on time here. The last section here, verses 9 to 12, tells us a few more things about the blessing, really. So as those that are continuing to grow and persevering and taking their conviction seriously, we need to stay the course. Why? Because there are better things. Verse 9, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. And so, and he has to even excuse himself a little bit because he was a little harsh, though we speak in this manner. He was a little harsh saying, you know, people who leave, they're crucifying Jesus all over again and you just can't bring them back. Um, but what's really at the heart of what he wants to say it is, is indeed saying is that your struggles are real. The challenges are real. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to work through them. But God knows your labors. I love verse 10. 
God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Verse 10 is really about the community, the the family of God, the church, the sort of uh, DNA of who we are. Knowledge is good, but it only should be the foundation for why we're together and why we care for each other and support each other, why we minister to each other. Faith is not real faith when we only think of knowledge. I know we quote Romans 10, 17 a lot. Most church churches do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God or the word of Christ. And as beautiful as that is, is a concept. Even Hebrew Romans, where that passage is found, Romans 10, 17. Romans 4, Romans 5 will show you that faith apart from works is pointless. James 2 will tell you the same thing. So faith is real faith when you act. And amazingly, this whole passage sets up the whole argument in Hebrews 11, which is the chapter of faith where people of faith, men and women, act in faith. And there it is. They are examples of acting in faith. And they have not, all of them, most of them, not experienced the great things that were promised to them. They often died in hope, which is something we're going to have to anticipate. Verse 12 says, we cannot be sluggish, but we need to learn to imitate those that through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so the writer of Hebrews is already getting ready to develop this larger argument with these this cloud of many witnesses that have been faithful and in the midst of their own faith struggles, but they keep pressing forward. Abraham keeps going to a land that God will show him, not knowing where he will go, but he trusts that God will build a place for him. Noah built an ark to the saving of his house. He didn't know how things were going to play out, but he, he trusted in God and persevered. You know, all of these examples. But the best example that we can do to show that we're persevering is loving each other. And so as we close here, you know, I'm, and I'm looking at everyone now in the through the Zoom cameras here, and I, I just want to tell you that I love you. And uh, we, we got to love each other and encourage each other and check in on each other and be willing if we need to, to, to risk a little to make sure we're, we're okay. You know, um, you know, some of our members, they're home alone. You know, what would happen if they fell alone? You know, uh, I, I see on Facebook odd questions if someone wanted to get baptized, are we so COVID-19 afraid we wouldn't do it? I'm like, we get in there, grab them and dunk them. And if we got to throw a little extra Purell on them while they're in the water, fine. But we got to remember there's a greater hope than this life. And right now we have a great chance to show the world what we've been hiding in a building that our faith lives beyond that. That our faith is greater than the circumstance. And it's because we have conviction. Our faith is growing. 
our knowledge of God and what he's doing is growing. And because of that, our deeds are richer and more firmly rooted in what we're doing.